Nothing is more gay than this. Everyone's so gay. Everyone's so hot. There is absolutely something for everyone. Yep, that's a queer vibe. <laughs> she is gay. <laughs> Incredible. I'm like, this does not feel heterosexual at no. all. <laughs> this is a gay movie. Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Planet, where two queer nerds are doing a trial run of becoming a Star Trek The Next Generation podcast. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Jesse Blount, and today we are talking about episode three, question mark, depending on how you're watching. Technically three. Technically episode three of uh, the first season of The Next Generation, The Naked Now. We sure are. So as I said in the intro, we are testing out being a Star Trek podcast, and we are going to decide based on downloads. So if you really want this to happen, tell your friends, recruit them, get them to listen. If you don't want it to happen, tell your friends to listen to our old uh, movie episodes, TV show episodes, uh, book episodes. We talked about the His Dark Materials series. You know, if those numbers spike, then we'll know that that's the more popular content. It's up to you. It's a democracy. Um, Also, leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts, because that makes us happy and helps people find us. Yeah. And today's headline, Starfleet issued a warning today to not engage with any party ships, no matter how many orgies are happening. A reasonable warning. Okay, so final thing before we turn to the front page, I'm going to give you a detailed summary of the episode. If you just watched it or know it really well and you don't want to listen to me talk about it, uh, you can go ahead and skip forward like three and a half minutes. And um, if you do want to listen to me talk about it, here you go. The Enterprise gets a distress signal from another ship that is, confusingly, both a bunch of people sounding very intoxicated and uh, a disaster is impending, but they all sound like they're having a great time. When they get to the ship, uh, everyone is dead and frozen because their airlocks were blown out and they're all, like, naked and clearly have been, like, having orgies and stuff. Um, Jordy opens a door and... A frozen person falls out onto him, and we hear a little, like, sound that we will hear throughout the episode, indicating that someone has just become infected. So we get back to the Enterprise, and Jordy's in sickbay. They say, you know, he's acting a little weird. They're like, we should keep you here for observation. And he sneaks out to go, like, hang out with Wesley Crusher and nerd out about the really cool uh, repeller beam that Wes has created. We also, at that time, learn that Wesley has been recording all of the things that Picard says over the comms so that he can pretend that he's on the bridge. Dun, dun, dun. Um, So, while Jordy and Wes are hanging out, Jordy like claps him on the shoulder to be like cool thing that you built kid and again Wes is now infected um the infection starts spreading throughout the ship meanwhile Riker is like man there were some people taking showers on that ship with their clothes on and I swear I learned something about that in history class that one time that I was actually paying attention hey data look that up for me 
So they're trying to figure it out. They do figure it out. Whoa, this happened on the original Enterprise one time. Uh, Hey, Crusher, you should develop this vaccine that they used to get out of it the first time. And she's like, on it. Um, So while everyone else is getting infected, especially uh, Tasha Yar, who is now like, extremely fucking horny tries to get it on with deanna troy ends up getting it on with data um everyone's like making out being ridiculous crusher also now infected is trying desperately to make a vaccine picard is like hey and she's like well actually she's like hey and then picard's like oh hey and now they're both infected wesley meanwhile has taken over engineering and is uh commanding the ship from there using his picard voice simulator um he lets in one engineer who's his bud who's acting super fucking stoned who proceeds to take out all of the little neon plastic bits that make the ship go and like build a jenga tower with them then oh no the star that they're parked near is gonna explode and they have to get away but they can't because all the little neon plastic bits are not where they belong So Data goes in and real quick puts all of the plastic bits back in. Meanwhile, Crusher has developed a vaccine that actually works after having uh, had a couple failed experiments um, and is like de-infecting everybody left and right. Uh, Data is like, I need 10 more seconds than we actually have available. Wesley's like, I developed a repeller beam. Let Let me boop us off of this other ship full of dead people and it'll like push us away from the star and get us the exact 10 seconds that data needs to finish the job so we can warp out of here and not explode the end all right we're gonna get to the front page where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else what's your first note uh so what however far into this episode when the crew of the enterprise goes onto this ship and they're like wow there's a whole bunch of frozen naked people really what i was wondering is like how long those extras had to like be mostly naked covered in fake snow because <laughs> i'm like yeah. i'm sure it was too long definitely any amount of time was surely too long <laughs> <laughs> Um, my first note is that you can tell that this was made in the 80s because Picard's, like, automatic thing that he goes to as an allegory for what's happening is coke. (laughs) He's like, he's got a snootful, and I was like, it is 1987 for sure. (laughs) You know, I clocked that's what he said, and I just wrote, I just connected it in my brain. I'm like, yep, you are correct. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard about the 80s. I know Uh, about why SNL was so good then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, speaking of things that really make it feel like it's the 80s, um, is that it takes like five minutes for them to search for this information about like, this seems like this has happened before. We should search Starfleet's database. And I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) yeah they didn't know about keywords yet apparently Mm -hmm. um i don't i'm not gonna be able to talk about this without like dying (laughs) the the part where crusher comes in to like hit on picard and he's like immediately starting to be 
infected. And she's like really close to his face. <laughs> and she's like, you know, we don't have time for this. And he's like, I can't. I'm just going to have to like cut it in. He's like, there must be a cure. And then he just, just like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I watched it, like, six times because I was like, this feels fake. Like, did they add this in post? Like, what is he doing? It's the silliest thing. I am, like, I cannot get over it. There must be a cure. Some formula. <laughs> Similar to the old one. Damn it, damn it. I have to, like, do some deep breaths so that I can continue talking. Do you know, do you remember the part that I'm talking about? It's so weird. It's so, it's so, it's like you tell Patrick Stewart to do something like he's being drunk and he's like a robot. He's like, is this, is this what humans do with their drunk? You're like, no, that's not what humans do with their drunk. I know. It's like hilarious because like data is a way more believable drunk than. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Go ahead. Um, sorry, I have to go back to this also. For folks who haven't watched the episode recently, this data search scene where Riker is like, uh, data, I need you to look this, this stuff up. And it's basically like, I don't know, someone's dad trying to use Google. It's like, hey, uh-huh. like, hey, data search showing up in clothes, dead, Starfleet. <laughs> like, what, what are you doing, my dude? Did I cut out? No, I'm doing an experiment i just googled not google i don't use google they're bad duck duck goad taking shower and close star trek to see if current search engines are more effective no really really i guess i guess Riker was in fact correct to ask Davis. it's all about sonic showers <laughs> i guess honestly fair so yeah I'm surprised. I, like, honestly expected this to be, like, search result one. It is not. It is not. I guess they probably talk talk more about sonic showers in Star Trek than they do about this particularly deeply weird episode. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, All right. My last thing is that it's not, like, explicitly stated, but I feel like the assumption that we have to draw from the fact that Riker is like the only person on this ship who gets infected and then continues to be basically normal is just like he's such a party boy that he has learned to just be like i can do everything while deeply intoxicated oh no that is like 110 percent what i think because the only other person we see who seems to be not affected is Worf, and for people who may or may not be familiar with Klingons in this show, they have like multiple organs, including multiple livers. So it's like Worf knows how to hold his intoxicants. <laughs> so I'm like, Worf and- Does he get infected? Isn't he like the only person that doesn't get no one like puts a hand on his shoulder or whatever? You know, I guess I don't know because we get to a point where it seems like everyone in the ship is infected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think so. It's a possibility that Worf just no one no one touched him on the shoulder, which is also probably a very correct assumption to not do even when you're drunk. But I'm like, <laughs> if there are two people that I like would guess would have a high alcohol intoxicant tolerance, it would be Worf and Riker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense. 
Yeah, I don't know if that was intentional, but that's also <laughs> like my reason. It has to be. It has to be. I was like, yeah, that makes that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like we see we see Wesley Crusher get infected like this. He's like the second person to get this on the Enterprise. And I think what I particularly love is that he's not all that different because it's like, oh, you're like a young person. It's like your impulse control is already kind of like not the same as an adult. So, yeah. So it's just like he's just like. Look at my cool tractor beam. I guess I'm going to go take over engineering now and like talk shit about Picard. And I'm like, everything about this is gold. Yeah, it's really, it's really great. I feel like, hang on, let me find my note. I, yeah, he like, he, I think is really in many ways saved by the fact that he hasn't seemed to like really hit that point in puberty yet where he's like dealing with sort of what all of the adults are dealing with. And so he's like, just like a goofy drunk teenager who's being impulsive and um kind of sassy and overly confident oh my god when he calls picard skipper i just laughed so hard (laughs) and like picard having to be like what the fuck did that little shit just called me (laughs) but like can't say it out loud is also incredibly funny (laughs) yeah it's really good Welcome to Community Profiles, where we talk about character development. Um, I have a little bit about data. Mm-hmm. So I guess my first thing that I noted is like when um, when Crusher is examining everyone who's gotten back from the, you know, orgy ship or whatever, and she's like, oh, Data, if you were any more perfect, I'd have to write you up for a medical textbook. And he's like, I'm already in several medical <laughs> textbooks. And then later he's talking to Riker and he's like, do you think she thought I was boasting? And Riker's <laughs> like, yeah. And Data's like, but it was just a fact. And I was like, this is such an identifiable feeling <laughs> for me so intensely because I feel like I it's like a, a fairly, well, it was when I talked to more people, a fairly common <laughs> struggle to know how to talk of like there's no way to be like if you give me a test and I know what's going to be on it I will get 100% on it or like school is really easy for me which are just statements of facts and I don't think have a value judgment because I don't think that those are like legitimate assessors of like goodness in a person but like you can't say tests are easy for me in a way that doesn't sound like you're being shitty and so i was like dude i i feel you and so i think like over time i just learned that when people were like uh the trials of having to like study and take a test oh it's like so hard i'm like i just don't participate in this conversation you know like yeah no one wants to hear what i have to say which is like not fun you know yeah so i was just like solidarity with data i know yeah, it's like, you know, I'm sure there is another uh, autistic person on this ship, possibly, probably more. Um, like Wesley, who, <laughs> when the person is like, there's no way we can do this. I don't have the schematics. And Wesley's like, just see it in your head. And the person looks at him like, <laughs> fuck you, kid. <laughs> like, Data and Wes could totally vibe on the, uh, what are you talking about? This is just simple. Yeah, I feel like Riker is too... I don't want to say normal, but 
it's kind of like the so far the Riker data dynamics are very like popular jock and like awkward aka autistic nerd yeah <laughs> and yeah. they're just they're just like it's like there are other people you got that that would be that you could communicate to where this would be a much smoother communication process <laughs> but the two of you is not necessarily it yeah uh, I think it's such a beautiful thing that we get to see, like, as him and as Riker and Jordy and Data become sort of like a frequent trio and like really good buds that Riker is always sort of the outlier, the one that's made to feel awkward for his, you know, quote unquote, normalness mm. and is like, just really like accepts that and is like, it's fine for me to feel out of place with my two like extremely smart, nerdy besties that's good with me and you're like yeah love that mm -hmm. mm. okay uh do you have more about data um that's it uh okay i have to say data is i think my favorite out of everyone who is like losing their inhibitions data is my favorite person this episode to have watched this happen <laughs> mm -hmm. it's just He's just like sassy and horny, and I'm like, this is so so much fun to watch. <laughs> Do you have a theory on whether Data is like legitimately infected, or if he's like psychosomatically infected? Interesting. Okay, so when I was doing research for this episode, I know that one of the things people complain about it's like. This episode makes him seem more android, makes him look more cyborg than android. But I'm like, clearly there's enough, for lack of a better term, human meat in his whole system that maybe it's a sort of like, a lot of it is psychosomatic, but it's like a little bit like he has enough human meat to like be affected by. I don't it. think there's any human meat in data. Really? Any? Yeah. No. If you lift any single flap of skin on data, it's all, uh, you know, computer insides underneath. And not, bio and not biological skin on top. No, there's no, there's no, there's no people stuff. All right. Then it is in fact psychosomatic, which is even more funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like psychosomatic symptoms are real, you know, placebo is like a real thing that's happening to you. So I think that it's not like data is faking but also, this is, like, a gravity-induced illness, and, like, there's definitely fluid inside of Data, you know, making various things run and be lubricated and whatever. So, like, maybe it is affecting the goo that runs an android in the same way, somehow, that it affects a human. Yeah. Though why it would be contagious... I, there's a lot about this virus I don't understand that we can talk about later. We'll talk about we'll talk about that. Yeah, because it's very weird. I think the most out of control thing about this episode is that everyone, this is the third episode of the show. We don't know any of these characters enough for them to have a show where it's like everyone loses their inhibitions and acts wild. And I'm like, I don't even know y'all yet. I know it's such a weird choice. <laughs> and I think you can really show that where they have like. Jordy acting weird because I'm like this doesn't seem that weird minus his sort of sad drunk emotional time he had towards the end which is like relatable we've definitely ended my night crying into someone's arms when I'm drunk like it happens <laughs> but it's like he's like slightly less polite to Crusher 
and like is really encouraging to Wesley. And I'm like, this is him acting weird. This is the best y'all can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it's it's entirely too soon in the season to have this episode. I don't know what they were thinking. It's just so it, it's again, I was like, this is episode like what? This you can't do this yet. But they did. Um and you know, whatever, I guess. Yeah, if it's like you would have this realistically, you would have an episode like this season if you're like a long running 90s show between seasons three and six you'd have an episode like this and i think the successful version of this kind of episode happens usually in that sweet spot when long running shows are like just at their strongest which is usually between three and six give or take some shows but like yeah i feel like in general that's like really the sweet spot for a lot of television shows yeah Welcome to the style and fashion section where we talk about aesthetics and remember we do an image roundup for every episode so if you want to look at what we're talking about while we talk about it click the link in the show notes or go to hashtag ruthless.com slash the gaily planet. Okay so I really have kind of three things here. Number one is Troy's outfit this episode. Everyone she's wearing like a very like a fitted dark maroon like jumpsuit. But, like, around the hips is a V-shaped leather piece or leather-ish looking material that looks kind of like a belt, but isn't because she's wearing a jumpsuit. So it just, you know, splits her torso in this kind of weird V. And I'm, I am just like, what is this look? They took, they took a little bit of time figuring out what the heck they were doing with Troy. I will say that. They got her doing this weird accent that is not the actor's accent. They've got all this stuff going on in her hair. She doesn't wear a uniform yet. It's like, what are you? What is happening? I know. They're like, well, you're a dancer and also an incredible smoke show. So we're just going to throw you in some skin tight outfits and call it good. <laughs> it's like yeah. different skin tight outfits than everyone's skin tight yes. outfits because they're all wearing latex onesies. They sure, they sure <laughs> so. are. Um... I will talk about what I think, from what I can tell, is maybe the most infamous look of this episode, which is Tasha's seduction outfit. <laughs> you get so much side boob. Is it still side boob if it's the inside bottom? Apparently that's under that's under boob, is what I learned. Under boob, okay. Everyone talking about trying to describe this outfit. <laughs> I spent some time to be like... Is this something the costume designers came up with? And it, it clearly is, because everyone is like, what is what is happening? <laughs> yeah. It looks like she's just wearing a bunch of Troy's scarves, honestly. Up as her shirt thing? As her shirt thing. I mean, it does look like something you would see someone at, like, Coachella wearing today. Yeah, it... It's like it has sleeves, but just like her entire torso. Yeah, it is just, it's such a, it's such a strange look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like the way they have her hairstyle with the little curl, I'm like, the, I saw that and I'm like, this feels like it's drag. <laughs> I honestly feel like, and maybe you have this somewhere else, like the show is going to such great lengths in this episode very unsuccessfully to be like, Tasha Yar is not a lesbian. Yes. And then they like 
have her do this like sexy thing to like seduce an android and it's she has like james dean hair and looks like someone's butch girlfriend trying to play femme dress up for halloween yeah nothing about this is giving straight woman not in the slightest not at all at no point (laughs) yeah i think my my joke is that when she's like data don't tell anyone this never happened because this is some gay and i'm trying to not (laughs) this girl i have a crush on it's gonna be real weirded out (laughs) right and I, like, don't specify that she's, like, trying to seduce an android to diminish Data's humanity, but to be, like, if you're a drunk lesbian trying to, like, not be outed, but, like, hook up with a dude, you're gonna want to do it with a dude that, like, isn't gonna get emotionally attached to you as far as she knows. We see that that's not how that plays out, but, like, she has no expectation that this is going to do anything emotionally for Data. Right. And she's... She basically says, it's like, well, you're like the softest dude on this ship. So, yeah. um, <laughs> like, you seem very fag adjacent. So you have to yeah. clearly be, <laughs> this is, this is, this is who I'm going to try to seduce. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't remember anything about this episode. So when she, when like the doors like pull open, I'm just like, what is this look? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just I giving, I, I would say it's giving like theater kid. <laughs> Welcome to the politics section where we talk about things that are fucked up. Uh, the first thing that I have is that I was really bothered that Crusher still tests her second vaccine on Jordy even though she's developed the virus at that point. And Picard is there who also has it. I can kind of see not testing it on you if you're the one who has to come up with a vaccine, you know, in case it kills you or whatever. But like the idea of it being like, well, Jordy's, I don't know, the most disposable. So let me just like try this thing on him. I was like, I don't like this. I think this is kind of a weird Jordy episode. Mm-hmm. Um. And part of it, okay, I think that is, because I think that is weird and, like, a little fucked up. Especially because so many people are already inf- are also already infected. <laughs> right. Um, but I think another weird thing about Jordy that I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this, is that just because this is the third episode, it's sort of like, man, like, Jordy was just kind of rude to Crusher, and, like, that's weird. I'm like, he wasn't even that rude. It's like, sometimes you're having an off day. And it just feels, I guess for me, it feels a little bit like, well, this is an 80s. I like black dude being rude to a white lady just seems so off and out of character. And I'm just like, does it? Interesting. I feel like, well, I mean, you're right in terms of like us not knowing Jordy yet, but like knowing Jordy from the rest of the series, it's like very clear that that's super out of character for him. I was really bothered by the fact that He's the only person that we don't see being, like, super horny and, like, being real funny. Instead, he's just, like, sad and alone and sick bay. And I was like, is there a reason that we're uncomfortable with Jordy, the, like, one black man on this crew, being sexual in the way that everyone else is being? 
I think there is, and I think it sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. Because, yeah, he's the only, uh, he's the only person not having a good time, which yeah. also sucks. But yeah, it is very much a, like, let Jordy be a fun, horny drunk. Like, come on. Yeah. I also really dislike the fact that they, I don't know, it really bothered me that what they chose to have him be, like, drunk sad about is the fact that he can't see, quote unquote, normally. I don't know. It just felt really ableist and shitty. No, I thought I thought the exact same thing. I was actually I was also pretty pissed about that too. Because of the ableism, especially. But the my other thing is, didn't we already establish that Jordy can see in like multiple spectrums of light? Like if he looks at a rainbow, it looks probably cool as fuck. Like he's seeing like multiple different spectrums, electromagnetic spectrums. Like I wish I could see like Jordy, honestly. I thought it, I did think it was a really funny line when he's first talking to Tasha about it. And he's like, I want to see like you, but he says, I want to see, it's like your boring, dull, normal vision. <laughs> like he's not saying that hers yeah. is better necessarily. It does come across as hers is better, but he does clearly indicate that it would be like a diminished form of sight from what he currently experiences. But like, it's, I don't know, it, that one line isn't enough to sort of like undo the rest of what the episode is doing in terms of him being like, I am somehow insufficient what I have access to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, just a whole lot of weird stuff happening (laughs) with Jordy as a disabled black man on this crew. So we wish, I wish more for him. Mm -hmm. Wait, did you start that? I think we, I think I just went off of your point. (laughs) Yeah. I think we, we tag teamed that one. Okay. But all of my stuff here was about Jordy, so. All right, I have, like, two small things. Okay. Number one is having Tasha talk about her traumatic backstory, which involves, I believe, like, to paraphrase her being, like, I spent until I was 15 on the, like, avoiding, like, rape gangs. And I'm like, that's really heavy for that y'all just casually drop in the scene where she is, about to make a drunken decision to have sex with data, with, with data. And I'm like, it feels like maybe we shouldn't have done that at this moment. I agree. Everything that they do with Todd, like they, did she say rape gang in the first episode when she's screaming about how Starfleet is good because they saved her from like a terrible planet? No. Okay. Well, she talks about it all the fucking time. And I just maybe don't think that that's even a phrase that you should use maybe ever. I don't know. <laughs> like, could we have Tasha have a traumatic background that doesn't involve her ever having to talk about rape gangs? Yeah, I would have liked someone to have worked that shop that some more to be... Because especially now, if Tasha was in a contemporary 2024 star trek show this would be part of her like extremely sensitive like this is causing her a lot of like this is the root of about why she can't connect with people or like has this like really tough exterior and like works a lot and like doesn't take care of herself kind of like you would be seeing a lot of the effects that this trauma has had on her and so to have this just sort of very casually dropped in here is and being like oh whatever it's just like very cringy Agreed. Uh, Tasha deserves better, I think, is also <laughs> the thing. Uh, 
my last thing is something that maybe you were thinking about watching this episode, but I was definitely like, you know, if y'all are wearing some rubber gloves and some N95s, a lot of this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> I think that all the time when watching this show. <laughs> like, how come we're somehow beyond wearing rubber gloves? And I mean, I get it. Like, America's at hospital on the cusp of being like, we don't need any kind of PPE because America. But it is pretty wild to see this episode happening and being like, yeah, gloves and a mask really, you really could have cut down on the amount that this would have spread throughout your entire show. It is. <laughs> And, like, there are several pandemic episodes in this, or epidemic, I guess, episodes in this show. And, like, at no point, they just, I guess, have too much faith in their, like, the transporter's biofilter abilities or something. But I'm like, shouldn't, like, one time of that being insufficient be enough to reintroduce PPE, you know? Or even, there could even be futuristic PPE if you don't want to show have to go through a thousand rubber gloves so that the so that the scenes remain consistent or what have you. Yeah. But something. Something. <laughs> or maybe this is shockingly realistic living in a world where people are like, I don't need to wear a mask. And I'm like, but you should. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. So I don't know if that's aged weirdly or is very accurate, but I just did have to just every 10 minutes shake my head uh like y'all are quarantining all wrong <laughs> yeah for real for real uh, yeah. <sighs> welcome to editorials where we rant about stuff okay you i assume did more research about this episode than i did so I would, if you can, or even if you can't, like, from an official standpoint, maybe you can speculate, like, what is going on with this virus? Because how is it both caused by, like, this gravitational shift from the star and also communicable? So, for what my little bit of research is, is that this is apparently a weaker version of a similar plot in the original series that apparently was a better episode. That... From what I could tell, either was the result of a writer's strike or multiple script rewrites, potentially both. This one or the first one? No, this episode specifically. Okay. So there, because there is an episode of, of the original series where yeah. this basically the same thing happens. I had not seen the episode. I didn't look up what that is, but considering how a lot of I saw, I read how uh, a bunch of people in Star Trek were like, yeah, this in, in the next generation, like, this is such a weak episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, not, not a really a crowning achievement of next generation. So, yeah, I don't know. Gene Roddenberry was like, this is, this is the episode that's going to get him. <laughs> and it's like, are you sure? <laughs> I know. I know. But, I I guess I just kept being like, if it's being caused by like whatever this gravity thing is with this star breaking up, why aren't you flying away? Like, isn't that the solution? Just, just, just fly away. Like, and they didn't even try that, even when they thought that that was the whole thing. Or I just like completely don't understand the plot. The plot of this episode does not make 
How do you develop a vaccine for something that's caused by gravity doing a weird thing to your blood? What does that mean? I don't get it. And I'm realizing now that this is the definition of what belongs in health and science. And I'm so sorry for putting it in the wrong place. That was my bad. (laughs) That's fun. It doesn't make any sense is what it really just comes down to. And maybe it doesn't need to, you know? Yeah, I look I look forward to the uh, inevitable parody of this on Lower Decks. Mm. So, which is really the show that they were, this feels like it belongs. <laughs> uh, um, I feel like a lot of this episode feels like it, someone who hasn't met a drunk person. <laughs> <laughs> I... Like, the whole time was like, I have literally never met a drug that made me act like this. I haven't done a lot of kinds of drugs, but, like, the ones I have, I've never acted like this. But at the same time, my body has, like, a a built-in uh, safety override because I, like, can't handle the histamines and alcohol. So, like, never once in my life have I gotten drunk enough to be this silly before I just started puking for the rest of the night. But like, I don't know. I actually like had that to ask you, like, is this a thing? Have you ever been drunk in a way that does this? Have you been around people who have been drunk in the, a way that does this? I mean, I, th- yes, I think having a good time, horny drunk. Yes. Drinking. And then you're like, my life is in shambles. Where, who am I as a person? Yes. A lot of this sort of in-between stuff of sort of the way that like Picard and like Crusher are acting is just sort of like, it doesn't feel, it just feels kind of weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Picard in particular. So weird. So weird when he goes into Crusher's office and he does that little like hippity hop through the door. I'm going to make a gif. I have to. People need it's to so see weird. Uh, yeah or like some of the engineers with this like that one guy is just like you're just real stoned you're like playing with these chips you're having a great time but I think for a lot of it I'm just like have y'all ever met a drunk person <laughs> and then I was like maybe this is because no one really in Starfleet drinks real alcohol so everyone's like intoxicant tolerance is real low <laughs> maybe Except for uh, Riker, as we've already established. (laughs) Yeah. Synthal Hall gets you legitimately drunk, though, right? Isn't it just that the... the, It doesn't give you a hangover and the effects are reversible, I believe. It's not like drinking non-alcoholic beer. (laughs) I guess my interpretation was always like you're just getting a mild buzz from from Synthal Hall, which is... Mm. I mean, getting blackout drunk is not fun. (laughs) So, I mean... You're kind of getting at least the best of both worlds with that. I don't know. It just, it was like funny, but still kind of weird. Yeah, it's real goofy. I think the only other thing I have here that I didn't already talk about is actually like a one final thing on the them trying to convince us that Tasha is straight. Because <laughs> it's like she's walking through the hall and we're supposed to think that she's like checking out this like just nothing dude. But the... The camera, I and like this is probably just like all dudes behind the scenes. They just like didn't even think about what they were doing because the camera spends way too long on this like 
very attractive woman wearing one of the scants, one of the tiny, tiny dresses, and then cuts to Tasha, who's like walking through the hall, like making like sexy eyes, and it cuts back, and it's like she's looking at this this guy that she's gonna go kiss, and you're like, she is not. <laughs> I was legitimately like, wow, yeah, Star Trek, you're right. She is checking out this lady in her scan. Uh, and then they cut to that dude, and I'm like, no, y'all are y'all are way off base with this. Y'all are so incorrect. <laughs> I know it's wild. Uh, yeah, I. Y'all are just try. You're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Really, really working too hard. Do you have anything else here? I have one more thing. Okay. Which is, do all of the Starfleet uniforms zip up, like, down the front? Because we see Crusher un- start to unzip her uniform and show, like, a little cleavage, which is like, LOL. But honestly, what I was thinking, I'm like, how do you pee in these uniforms if they unzip? Are you <laughs> shitting me? You're, like, taking off your entire uniform to go to the bathroom. Starfleet. I have to t- <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> I have i wear like a onesie instead of a robe when i wake up in the morning and i'm cold and like literally every time i'm wearing my onesie and i have to go pee i think about the fact that jean-luc picard (laughs) has to um like has to take his entire onesie off every time he has to go to the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you yep (laughs) I don't know why it's so much funnier to think about Patrick Stewart having to like take his entire onesie off to, to take a shit, but like it's so much funnier than with anyone else. Yeah, I just you know Patrick Stewart, very uh, dignified old. old He's a dude. knight. He's a knight, and then you know he still has to take off his entire onesie to pee like the rest of like everyone else. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> uh. It's so funny. It's so ridiculous. It's so goofy. Who <sighs> Star Trek must a lot of good design choices. That is not one of them. No, I'm so <laughs> glad that they got rid of them, even though it takes them a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Oof. Do you have anything else here? Oh, sorry. I have one more thing. Okay. So at the end of this episode, they get away from the collapsing star by essentially throwing the other the empty party ship full of dead people into the collapsed star and it explodes. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking that that has going to be so much paperwork for Jean-Luc Picard, like a whole destroyed Starfleet vessel that had officers like bodies on there. Oh, Oh, Picard, you're really going to regret <laughs> doing that when you sober up. <laughs> You'd be like, it was a drunk teenager. I had nothing to do with it. Another, every time, every, for the rest of the time, it's like, oh yeah, Jean-Luc Picard hates Wesley because of how much paperwork he had to do that one time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Welcome to Advertisements. I can say it normal now. We're not a, doing British stuff anymore. Welcome oh, yeah. to Advertisements. <laughs> talk about ways you can support us. We are so grateful to all of our patrons, without whom we could not make this podcast. So if you want to support our show and get cool bonus content and keep us on the air, uh, head to patreon.com slash hashtag ruthless. 
Um, it's real cool. Every episode is early and longer over there. And we have a whole uh, back catalog of so many things. Hundreds upon hundreds of things. <laughs> Something for everyone, truly. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, please leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts because those really help and they make us really happy. And I want to say thank you to Aurele, Aureli, sorry, I don't know, uh, Davidson, Rachel Six, Controlled Abandon, One Candace, Caroline XYZ, and Kate Autumn for your recent reviews. They're very kind. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's other ways to support us, both financial and not. We sell really great merch. We take donations, etc. So check the show notes for everything. Welcome to the personal section where we talk about sexy stuff. Talking about more sexy stuff. Because I know. We- <laughs> I was like, Jesse, do we need this? And Jesse was like, yeah, we do. So. All right. I want to start off with when uh, Deanna Troy comes to Riker and is like, I've been infected. He like literally bodily picks her up and then like bridal carry to take her to, to take her to Spain. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, you're still really down bad for her. So, and, I mean, they're down, they're down bad for each other, truly. <laughs> yeah. But that was really a, like, yeah, I don't see you bridal carrying anyone else to say Bayrocker. It's true. <sighs> uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yet another Tasha Yar scene. The scene between her and Troy when she's like invited herself into Troy's quarters and is like trying on her clothes and she's like, I want to be beautiful like you. And Troy is like, Tasha, I can feel that you're very uncertain that you're (laughs) fighting something. What is it? As if she doesn't know. Right. And Tasha immediately is like, never, never mind. I'll I'll figure it out myself and like leaves. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It would be, really hard to have a secret gay crush on Troy because she would just know and it would be awkward. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And the next time that we hear from Yar is over the comms when she's like, I'm in my quarters and I'm pretty busy at the moment. (laughs) Which actually brings me (laughs) to my next point about how many vibrator? How many vibrators and like dildos and butt plugs got replicated during the like three hours of that, like that? This <laughs> is happening to the entire crew. Such a good question. So, so many. many. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to need to have. They're going to need to restock their dilithium in order to run the replicators because there's not going to be any left <laughs> for food. <laughs> oh. uh, my only. My only other thing here is just that Data is like, oh, yeah, I'm programmed to fuck. I'm programmed to fuck in like five different languages. What setting would you like? And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. That is, it is so funny. And also, you are fully functional, aren't you? Is like the most horniest come on that like doesn't actually have like anything referencing genitals in it that I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's just 
like, whoa, okay. Yeah. And he has everyone, in case you were wondering. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, their whole scene is so, it's so funny. And then, like, Dana's like, I just got laid. Like, just dodgingly going back to the upper <laughs> I love that even though Picard at that point is infected, no, isn't infected. He's about to get infected. Yeah, so it's just Picard and Worf, the two most stoic people on the ship who, like, currently are uninfected by this thing and are dealing with their friend who, like, they didn't think could be like this, being like this. And they're both just, like, I feel like there's just, like, panic in both of their (laughs) eyes. They're like, I don't know how to process this right now. Picard tries to be like Data. This you're you're not human. This can't possibly be happening to you. Like he's just like trying to talk him out (laughs) because he's like I can't I can't do this. Please don't make me do this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's it's so it's so funny. Oh my god. Welcome to the health and science section where we talk about science and history and fun facts. Today is about design. All right. Because uh, I love weird modern furniture and turns out Star Trek is full of weird modern furniture. For example, my actually my big example is when the beginning of this episode at the beginning, Wes is showing off his tiny tractor beam by floating a weird chair up and down. That is a real modern chair. Uh, it is called the mushroom chair. <laughs> All right. and it's designed by a like French modernist furniture like designer, uh, Pierre Poula. And uh, if you go online, you can buy a mushroom chair from any from several modern furniture le- lookalike websites for three thousand dollars, which I'm like. Guess it's never gonna be me, but that's all right. <laughs> but I just I don't know. I right, just love how much like weird MCM furniture is in Star Trek. And then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I could have my house look like the interior of a of one of the ships if I had thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh. All right. Okay. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Um, next month, we will be talking about episode four, Code of Honor. Tell your friends about us. Check the show notes for everything. Come hang out with us on Instagram. Give us feedback about whether you want us to turn into a Star Trek podcast. Again, it's a democracy. We need to know what you want. Ooh, we didn't even try to come up with a new outro. (sighs) Nope, we sure didn't. Until next time.